This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Tuesday the 12th of January. Happy New Year to everybody. And because you're listening to this, you know... We're back. We're back a bit earlier than we said we would be, partly, well, mostly, definitely, because things are not as smooth sailing as we hoped that they would be in the early weeks of 2021. Yeah, and a lot of your questions are coming in, so we thought we'd just get back early and help out. So keen listeners of the show know that I am based in Greater Brisbane, and last night we came out of a three-day lockdown. So, Norman, can we talk a bit about why a three-day lockdown when we know that the incubation period for this virus is sort of 14 days-ish? No, it's a good question, and we've had a few questions along those lines about what was the logic for it. I think it was really to give Queensland a chance to see what was happening there, the contact tracers to get organised and actually just to put a pause on community transmission. And I suspect what was in their minds was that this might not have been a three-day lockdown, that it might actually have ended up being a seven to ten-day lockdown just to fit in maybe with the first incubation period. But luckily, there haven't been any cases. So they're in good shape and able to lift it, which in a sense is what happened. Not in a sense, it's the same thing that happened in South Australia, just get in quickly, see what's going on. And yet it is a bit disruptive, no question. It was over a weekend, which does minimise that, which is fortunate. But uh, they know where they're standing and they've got zero cases and they can lift off and just see what happens. Some commentators say that a lockdown is too heavy-handed, especially when, in this case in Brisbane, there was only one confirmed case, a woman who worked at the quarantine hotel. Are lockdowns too heavy-handed? Is it catastrophizing to just shut an entire, well, five different local government areas down just because of one case? Well, you know, that's a matter of debate. Certainly, you know, in the Twitter sphere, there's criticism and there was an editorial, not an editorial, but an op-ed the other day suggesting that it was all over-catastrophized. And the principle here all along has been you go in hard, fast and early and then just get things under control, see where you stand. And yes, there's no question that it's disruptive. Mind you, at this time of year, when businesses are not fully back, it's much less disruptive than it was, although it does in Queensland affect the tourism industry. There's no question that people are inconvenienced by it. I mean, this is not something that comes out of thin air. We're not offering our own opinions here. There are eminent epidemiologists at the Burnett Institute who've managed pandemics before, non-influenza pandemics, and others Queensland, South Australia have done it. And I know that from contact with at a high level with Victoria, that they were looking askance at New South Wales, even before they imported cases from New South Wales, that New South Wales wasn't doing enough. And you don't know whether in New South Wales, I mean, they're doing pretty well, but you don't know whether in fact they'd be at zero cases now if they'd gone for a quick, sharp lockdown. We'll never know the answer to that. Or whether we'd have fewer cases if they'd gone to mandatory masking earlier than that. One of the things that is the justification for this lockdown that happened in Greater Brisbane was the fact that the woman who had it had this UK strain of the virus, which has been widely publicised as being more infectious than the sort of original coronavirus strain. How worried should we be about this UK strain? If we go back to what we know about the SARS-CoV-2 virus, it is infectious, left to its own devices in its previous variants, 
on average, one person would affect 2.5 people, but it doesn't work that way. It's not like influenza where you automatically would infect 2.5 people. 80% of people who get COVID-19 don't pass it on. The super spreading is more environmental. So you've got a large family, there are family events going on. You go to a pub or a restaurant, you pass it on there. In the case of the Barala cluster, it's a liquor store. So there are various places that you pass it on. And it's likely that this variant is the same, that you are likely to pass it on in a cluster situation. However, it does seem to be genuinely more infectious. So they think that instead of the R0, the reproductive number being 2.5, they think it's maybe 3.5. That's what they model or calculate this virus to be. So much more infectious. Maybe that means that it's more likely to spread in non-cluster situations. I don't think any of this is clear yet. And until we know more about it, then the best thing to do is overreact, in a sense. Allow the analysis of the situation to be that you overreacted, better than being in a situation where you're chasing your tail and your contact tracers are being overwhelmed. Mm. And on the other hand, is it enough? So we've got a question from someone saying, if the Brisbane quarantine cleaner was infectious in the community between the 2nd to the 5th of January, and we know that the incubation period is somewhere between five and seven days, then if she has inadvertently infected someone, you wouldn't see those cases being reported until the 9th to the 14th of January. So we're not out of the woods yet. No, we're not out of the woods yet. And there's no question that people in Greater Brisbane do have to in fact, all over Queensland, do have to get tested at very high rates with the slightest bit of fatigue, headache, cough, cold, runny nose, get tested. But there have been relatively large numbers of people getting tested in Brisbane. And you know, after about five days or so, there haven't been any cases. And yes, some could pop up, no question about that. So this is open to criticism. But the fact that there's been zero cases now on subsequent days they obviously feel the risk is low and they could get their hands on it should it re-emerge. The other thing that we were talking about when we left our listeners before the new year was this outbreak in Sydney, and it's really been just continuing to limp along in the last couple of weeks. Yep, and the problem with the Sydney outbreak is that there are two official leaks from overseas quarantine. I mean, I think it's in transportation, both of them. But in fact, there have been three because although we still don't know where the Northern Beaches outbreak came from, it would have been from an overseas leak of the virus as well. And we just don't know where that is. So it's up to three. And that means you're dealing with three potential cluster situations. And the Barala one seems to be quite trivial contact, actually, in this liquor store. And it has emerged originally from overseas quarantine or transportation of people in that situation. So there's still virus circulating in New South Wales. There aren't a large number of mystery cases. In fact, I'm not sure there are any. And if you do a reality check on the early stages of the Victorian epidemic, when they were trying to ring fence 36 suburbs, they got to, I think, well over 3,000 mystery cases. So the Victorian system was really swamped and they really didn't know where the virus is. At the moment, they've got their handle on it. But there's still virus circulating and it's going to grumble along probably for quite some time to come. 
Well, we've got a few questions from our beautiful listeners, um, and one of them is from someone who starts their letter by saying, Dear Norman and Tegan, we hope you had a great holiday, but we missed you. We missed you too. Um, This person's question is about masks. I believe this person works in hospitality because they say they don't like having to serve customers who wear their masks below the nose. This person's friend at work says they do the same thing and it's fine because it's not like you shout through your nose, but our writer says it's not fine because that air has still been in your lungs and the whole point is to stop it from getting to other people. Does your mask need to be over your nose or not, Norman? 100% needs to be over your nose because this COVID-19 virus enters via your nose and your mouth. So if you've got COVID-19, it's in your nose probably before it's in your mouth and in your lungs. So the nose is critical and you've got to cover the nose and you've got to ask people to cover their nose. And the other thing is that particularly people who make their own masks, some people don't make the mask big enough north-south, you know, from nose to under chin. So when you're trying out a mask, you've really got to make sure that it comfortably fits to halfway up your nose and well under your chin. And particularly if you're buying one of these cloth masks, it's got to be big enough that it really covers you comfortably. And I think one of the reasons that it slips down below people's noses is the mask is too small. And we've got someone asking about how we refer to these strains that have seemed to originate in different parts of the world. And they say, if it was wrong for President Trump to refer to the China virus, why are you referring to the UK strain and the South African strain? Shouldn't you be referring to it by a more scientific term? The answer is yes. There's no proof yet that the UK strain started in Britain. It certainly was first noted there, but it's now been in many countries and often with no link to Britain at all. So we should stop calling it the UK strain. I will hit myself (laughs) and stop doing that. B117 is what it's going to be from here on in. And yet we should stop talking about the South African strain and it's better known as its code, which is B1351. So that's what we'll do from now on. B117, better known as the strain that was first found in UK. B1351, better known as the strain that was first noticed in South Africa. And we'll talk about that later in the week. Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today. If you've got questions or comments, please go to the website, abc.net.au slash coronacast. Click on Ask a Question and mention Coronacast in your question so we can pick it up. And we will see you tomorrow. See you then.